This is Keep It Spicy. Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Keep It Spicy. On this week's episode, we'll be touching upon mental health. I'm with my girl, Shoba. Hi, everybody. And I'm with my lovely wife, Vita. So earlier this week, we asked everybody to tell us something that they do to help keep themselves stimulated mentally or just something to help them to give them peace of mind. So this is actually what you guys said. Something that I like to do to help maintain my mental health is getting high. This is Amanda Armstrong. One of the best things that I did this year in 2020 for my mental health is to have a more consistent schedule throughout the week. Hi folks, uh, my name's Isabel. I would say that this quarantine hasn't really affected my mental health too much, mostly because I still do a lot of the things that I enjoy doing, and usually just in life. Hanging out with my friends, being on my own, watching movies, doing uh, crafts with my hands. Just find what you enjoy doing and try and do that as best you can. I like to listen to music to keep my mental health in place. Um, Jam out, dance, just make a vibe. I think it helps me so much whenever I feel down. I just put the song that I just love and makes me happy and it's such a quick fix. Hi, Veda and Shiva. My name is Anusha, and before I begin, I just wanted to say I love you guys, and I love your podcast, and I'm so proud of it. So what I do to maintain my mental health is I like to journal or take long walks by myself. Journaling just allows me to organize my thoughts and vent completely without any restraint, and the long walks just help me feel a little less suffocated because I'm not confined to a small space. Hi, my name is Riyad. Uh, in order to maintain my mental health, I've been really trying to go outside and walk or ride my bike for like 30 minutes a day. Also been trying to exercise, just pump out like push-ups and pull-ups. And on that note, we actually have a special guest speaker with us today. So we have Boriana Zaneva with us today. Oh, she is a certified positive psychology consultant and a speaker from Boston, Massachusetts. So she studied psychology at Harvard University. She also studied uh, visual arts from Tufts School of Museum of Fine Arts. She also studied, so she, she got a lot of degrees, people, studied journalism yes. and mass communication from American University in Bulgaria and also journalism at Plovdiv University. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. There you go. Um, <laughs> So, so Boriana, how how do you, how do I know you, or how do you? Like, what's the little story of how we met? My daughter was doing a semester abroad in Singapore, and um, I went a couple of times to visit. The second time at the end of her semester, uh, I was really really happy that um, she actually found a very, very, I mean, a small group of friends, but like very tight friendship that was really holding them all together there. Oh, um, so, that's so yeah. cute. <laughs> yeah, that was literally holding us together. <laughs> Late night snacks and the, the fun stuff. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. That was a really cute story. Um, so yeah, like, so just jumping into the topic of subject today. So we're talking about positive psychology. Um, so Peterson 2008 defines positive psychology as the scientific study of what makes life most worth living. Um, so could you just go into that and like really just, you know, um, describe it to us and then like give your thoughts on positive psychology for us? Mm-hmm. Um, so Chris Peterson is one of the um, kind of founding fathers. He- passed away already, um, mm-hmm. but he's one of the um, researchers um, who 
um, helped found the, or create the foundations of positive psychology, even though officially Martin Seligman from the University of Pennsylvania is uh, the official father of positive psychology or founder, um, because he was the one who established it, registered it as a um, branch of psychology. So one thing that I want to um, kind of make clear, um, first off, is that positive thinking and positive psychology are different things. Um, mm -hmm. Because mm. that is something that I quite often meet in my practice, or just with like people talking with people. I think they kind of equate the two or think that positive psychology is, is positive thinking. Um, mm -hmm. So positive psychology is actually uh, science, a branch of psychology based in scientific research. It was founded in 1998, so it's actually the age of my <laughs> daughter. And, uh, and that's very, like, relatively young science. And it's still pretty much developing. And even, like, now some um, findings from earlier research are being re-examined. And, um, you know, we're still kind of finding our way um, around um, everything. Um, positive psychology is also known as the science of happiness, which is it's more kind of mainstream name. Some people cringe at the word happiness so, <laughs> or positive. Really, it's more about like optimal performance and finding meaning and living healthier, happier happier life. Happiness is not just about like being ecstatic or joyful, uh, but it's more about having that sense of comfort, who you are, of where you are, where you're headed, kind of having some purpose and meaning in your life and being like overall satisfied with your life. To optimize how you live. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Um, and how long have you been coaching? And also, like, why? Can you tell us why you got into it? I'm not just coaching. I've been speaking. I'm also teaching um, uh, for an ex executive MBA program. It's a more diversified kind of... Uh, uh, first of all, because one of my signature character strengths is creativity. That kind of comes with also being an artist but also because so I'm from the first class of one of the programs um, in positive psychology uh, it's been 13 or 14 13 years yeah oh okay, okay. wow that's so cool so like why do you think like this positive psychology like I know you've um, touched upon it but like why do you think it's important and how do you think like it benefits our personal and professional life and like just the balance between both of those um, parts of our life. So first of all, on an individual level, we feel better. We feel more satisfied with our lives when we, for example, are more aware in user um, character strength and when we're actually uh, more aware of what brings meaning to our life or where we're headed and setting self-concordant goals is what we call them. So goals that, especially for young people, when there's a lot of pressure from um, society, from parents, teachers, kind of everyone is trying to steer you in some direction that they think is the most uh, appropriate or the best for you. If you're pursuing goals that are not really aligned with who you are with what is important for you if you're just trying to please others they may overlap you may mm -hmm. actually want the same thing but it's just important to realize that 
this is important for you personally, that it's actually aligned with what's important for you, with your aspirations. It's something that really comes from within you. Mm -hmm. So then you feel a lot more motivated and energized and engaged in what you're doing. When you see the meaning and purpose and how you're touching, and that's the thing with purpose, it's not just being aligned with your own self, but it has to touch other people. It has to somehow change or benefit others as well. So it has to be something that's important, but beyond your own self as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that helps people find more meaning and, you know, go to their job every day for many years of their mm-hmm. lives. Having that ability to um, pause and find meaning and happiness and satisfaction mm-hmm. in the moment, in the present, mm-hmm. and knowing why you're doing this, why you're on this journey, helps us go through it and not just um, suffer through for some, you know, potential happiness at the end. Um, so just to like follow up, like I think what from what I heard, I think you're saying that like you know you have to really like self reflect and like that you like recommend like anything like journaling mm-hmm. or any other exercise that you recommend. Um, yeah, a lot of writing um, helps, uh, and it doesn't have to be prolific writing. Um, it can be just um, so. For example, a gratitude journal can be something that you write just a few words, like a list of the things that you're grateful for. You don't have to actually expand on it. Um, so it doesn't take a lot of time, and it's a very simple and effective tool um, that can be used on a daily basis. So that's the whole point with habit formation and change and transformation. We have to set ourselves up for success. So not kind of go with like, oh, I'm going to journal for an hour each day. And before that, I'll meditate for an hour. So that's already two hours. And where do you when do you carve out that time? So starting with realistic goals that you can actually follow through on, that's important. Meditation, every minute counts. It still has um, beneficial effects. It still changes the neural pathways in your brain at a slower pace, but it's better to actually do something than just wait for the perfect time when I'm going to have two or three hours just free on my hands Um, at least once in a while sit down Mm -hmm. and write a list of what gives you meaning what you know it's useful also to combine it with what are your strengths or what gives you joy so kind of make those three lists and see where they kind of start overlapping Mm -hmm. Um, in positive psychology we we're not looking only like neck up that's what martin seligman the founder of positive psychology said that um, most of psychology has before positive psychology was founded that it was looking only from the neck up um, mm-hmm. but not from the neck down and now we're trying to have a more holistic view of how you know our whole overall well-being affects our brain activity our emotions like drawing on that like nervousness and excitement how do you make that like instant switch from like when you're super nervous to like super excited it comes with some practice Mm. and some more awareness and consciousness Mm -hmm. about it but um pausing and asking yourself why am I doing this? What do I care about? What is important to me? What is my purpose or meaning or, you know, um, what is beyond that? Like what represents, it's not just the, you know, what do I care about? 
Okay. Yeah. So just like figuring out like the bigger reason, the bigger why, and then Mm -hmm. kind of like looking at looking at it, changing perspective on that why, and then that's how you turn like nervousness Mm -hmm. into excitement. How this particular conversation or interview or presentation or talk you're giving or lecture, um, you know, anything that you're facing right now or taking an exam, how is that a step towards your bigger goal or um, how is that a representation Mm -hmm. of channeling your work or um, something that is meaningful to you? Okay, gotcha. I really like that, yeah. Me too. And speaking of anxiety, like the, the whole like pandemic has caused, I'm sure like a lot of anxiety and a lot of like things have changed um, in ways that we were not expecting. How has like the pandemic affected any of your plans? So like any retreats or like anything that mm. you had <laughs> planned? How can you tell us how it's affected that and how have you adjusted accordingly? So, um, uh, well, yes, I was uh, planning to run a um, retreat in Bali um, this spring. Then we decided maybe it's going to be in the fall. And then we realized it's not happening this year. Uh, (laughs) But now I'm um, kind of trying to work on, well, maybe that can be a virtual retreat. Okay. And then the other thing is that I was actually, um, so because I was traveling too much, I had been meaning to um, write and I was working with a book agent back and forth over the summer and into the fall. Wow, Mrs. Worldwide. About, <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> and, um, but because I was traveling so much, I was like, I can't re- like to actually write at least for me, I need to, you know, sit down and like be surrounded with other books that I want to, you know, use as references or just inspiration or, you know, have that peaceful time. I'm not one of those people who can like get on a plane and like start uh, working. I've tried, it just doesn't (laughs) work for me (laughs) that well. But anyway, so I was planning on um, actually taking a break from travels and like spending this spring months now um, at home. I was actually saying I just want to, you know, take a break and stay home. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I didn't know that everybody would just stay at home. <laughs> we we um, all took the same break. So that I wanted to, um, yeah. you know, focus on um, writing um, my book. But then now that we're actually with the pandemic, like think, oh, you know, now I have the time to just stay at home and write. Um, mm-hmm. But actually just getting groceries delivered um it's taking like about three hours of actually unpacking everything disinfecting everything (laughs) washing every single item because um we're living in boston and it's like pretty serious the like situation with a lot of cases so um we're trying to be careful like just the whole like you have to like just wash clothes and shower and so it's like um Mm -hmm. you know we're living you know a lot more um you know different procedures even you know so 
it's actually taking more time. Now I actually realized that people needed something more immediate than uh, me writing a book that will, you know, come out eventually at some point after months. So I started actually um, doing more calls. Uh, I started recording more um, videos um, that I'm um, sharing and posting or live lives on uh, Facebook or Instagram. I realized that there's a more immediate need so I had to change my um, priorities and my plans so that I can actually serve more people and better with what they need right now. Thank you so much for um, sharing that with us. All right. So switching gears to the PERMA model, um, PositivePsychology.com describes that it's created by Seligman, who's a founder of Positive Psychology. And it says that this model helps us learn about some fundamental elements of happiness and how to maximize each component to make our life full of happiness. So the different parts of it are P is for positive emotion, E is for engagement, R is for relationships, M is for meaning and A is for accomplishments. Um, so could you please explain this model to us and kind of just break down its components for us? Okay, so yes, that was uh, Martin Seligman's model. And it's really it's like now there's been added a V at the end. So I don't use actually like strictly um, the, uh, I mean, I do teach the same things. Um Mm-hmm. And I think like for some people, just having an acronym, like having acronyms um, is kind of like helpful, but I think it's more important what kind of stands behind them. And it's that same idea of having kind of a wholesome, full kind of spectrum of touching all the parts, all domains of your life in order to um, be fulfilled. So it's not just about like being happy or like searching for things that bring you pleasure but actually finding optimism or prioritizing positive um, emotions. A wonderful research by Barbara Fredrickson, uh, North Carolina, University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, on, um, well, the new definition of love. She calls it Love 2.0. That's her book also. I highly recommend it. Basically, it's that positivity resonance. Um, and then also there's like other research now from um, Harvard here uh, that on empathy and like basically a lot more being added to that like whole model. But um, the PERMA model is really more, it's kind of more of a, the essence of that overall looking at all the domains of your life. And there's also, for example, another model that we use from my school of <laughs> positive psychology, the SPIRE model. So you have to look at all the different parts of your well-being, so spiritual, intellectual, um, emotional, relational, and physical. So kind of looking at all these and then um and also the spiritual is under meaning in perma so they're kind of all overlapping and it's just um different ways of speaking or translating it or formulating it but it's really all the same substance and content behind that back to what we were talking about also having those self-concordant goals or you know choosing your path or you know even from the smaller choices uh, and being more conscious about what we're doing and what we're, um, our actions, choosing, um, you know, how to respond or to the situation. You know, we're in a very 
unprecedented or strange. Well, not exactly, but for our generation, it, you know, it's something that is, you know, new. And maybe there's a lot more from the environment or the outside world. That whole pandemic situation is affecting us more than that normal, you know, 10%. So um, normally we think, okay, well, that is affecting us, but um, we still have um, choices to make. We still we still can do things, um, even though some people are probably affected more than others. No, I, so, that's actually so yeah. good. I never, I never thought of it like that, like the lack of choice or like feeling like I have a lack of choice is what's making me feel like trapped or unhappy mm-hmm. or like stuck. I never thought of it like that. And that's actually something that like, I will work towards doing that more because like now, because while you were saying all these things, I'm thinking of all the times in my head where I felt blue or I felt down and I'm like, yeah, it's because I felt like I was stuck in a situation where I didn't have any other choices. I think that was very enlightening. So yeah, thanks for for sharing that with us. And that, that hit, that hit, some, that hit home. <laughs> um, well, on the, um, on the other side of choice, uh, <laughs> The paradox of choice, and I know you wanted to also talk a little bit more about like dating and (laughs) uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, having a lot of choices, which I think is kind of happening with young people now, or I mean, with people like Mm -hmm. dating or like the new kind of dating scene, (laughs) like how um, (laughs) society is changing and relationships are changing. On the other side of the choice spectrum is the paradox of choice. So that, so basically what it is, is that when we have, um, let's say um, three jams, um, like three kinds of strawberry jam to pick from in the store kind of easy to choose one of them when there's 10 strawberry jams we're actually less likely to pick one and and buy it we may spend we may spend like an hour sitting and looking or mm-hmm. online you know picking from thousands of dresses and we may end up not buying anything um because uh <laughs> put it in relationship <laughs> terms when there's like so much choice of you know you can swipe all day left and right and um, Mm -hmm. there's gonna be more we're less likely to actually commit Mm -hmm. more seriously uh, give more time to that person or relationship or like even attempt at relationship because there's always the feeling that we're missing out on something better or there's just too much and we're not able to make a choice oh true yeah hey. it's like if there's, if there's no choices we're stuck and if there's too much also we're stuck yeah <laughs> you have to find a happy medium hey. yeah and what would you say what would you say are like some small like tips or like exercises on that note for like somebody like an amateur like somebody that's new to this whole thing who wants to like newly start practicing all these things that you've talked about like building all these meaningful relationships and something that's coming up on my mind right now is something um and I don't want to forget that is um listening we so often talk or even when we're listening we're ready to are preparing or thinking about what we're going to say or we interrupt we're so eager to you know say something that we're not actually like mindfully actively listening i'm also a big talker <laughs> i also had to learn to 
kind of restrain myself and and listen. Also my job to really listen. A big part of a meaningful relationship of being able to be yourself, to be seen, not validated, but to be seen for who you are. Feel that you can be yourself and that the other person is open to see you and vice versa, that you're also open to see the other person and create that space that's judgment-free and open and accepting and when we the more positive emotions that we experience or especially those micro moments of love they actually help us broaden our so they build also resilience so it makes Mm -hmm. us stronger for the long run it's like a Mm -hmm. investment (laughs) in a savings account also broadening our thought action repertoire so basically we're able to see more opportunities see more solutions come up with more ideas and when we're stressed or under pressure it's the opposite we get that like tunnel vision and we're not able to like even literally our you know vision is our peripheral vision is like more narrow (laughs) but um, Mm -hmm. we're also less able to come up with idea solutions remember names or you know phone number (laughs) or something like that so by having more of those moments of caring loving meaningful connection we're actually taking care Mm -hmm. also of our health and well-being there's a loving kindness meditation that helps us be more open for those kind of relationships so it basically you can make it long short whatever um, time you have but it really just goes like may i be happy healthy or safe and it's like usually um putting your hands on your chest or like heart center is really a way to kind of connect with that start with the physical feeling of warmth and comfort Mm -hmm. that leads to uh, cultivating that for the moment if that feeling of love and care and connection mm-hmm. and warmth and love. so sometimes it's hard for us to just generate feeling of love and kindness so starting with something that we physically feel in our body is helpful for us to kind of park that so that's why I usually start with asking people to place their palms on their um heart center or chest like center mm-hmm. of their chest so that they can feel that physically and then um, it's much easier to be able to generate that connect with that feeling of love and kindness and Mm. then it's really just wishing yourself may I be healthy happy and safe may my life flow with ease you can use your own words to just Mm -hmm. wish whatever you want you know may I have strength patience and wisdom to go through this time or anything that you want to say and then you just picture yourself surrounded with that love and light it can be you know literally picturing a light bubble around you (laughs) or you know (laughs) uh, glowing light or warmth or um, something like that whatever feels kind of natural and authentic to you and then go with thinking of other people um, that you love then extending it to you know people who are that you don't even really know medical workers or you know the people who bring you food delivery heroes right now um, mm. and then you can also just wish everyone in your city to be healthy happy and safe try that with people that you have some conflict with recognize that they're also just human beings wish them may they be happy healthy and safe mm-hmm.
<laughs> I did it. I included you in my um, loving kindness meditation oh, this morning. Oh my gosh, that's so sweet. <laughs> Yeah. So basically you're saying like form a relationship with like yourself and then like, you know, being open to forming like a relationship with like others. That's like one of the keys to, I guess, like more meaningful to get more meaningful interaction and stuff with people. So I I thank you so much for sharing that with us. And, you know, just like picking back of that, like when you're initially forming like relationships with yourself, like it's easy to feel down, especially when like, you know, this pandemic is going on. It's so hard to like, um, you know, make a good relationship with yourself. So could you give us some tips on like how to deal with like negative feelings when you're like, uh, you know, dealing with your emotions? So first of all, recognize that all emotions are, you know, normal human emotions. When we're trying to, um, avoid or suppress emotions were negative emotions that were you know afraid of our fear or were or we think that we might be like bad people for feeling angry or it's really um we're suppressing also our ability to feel positive emotions because all emotions kind of go through one channel it's important so not to like spiral down in them not to Mm -hmm. spend way too much time but um, Mm -hmm. really to like feel, let them go through us, give ourselves permission to be human. And Mm -hmm. that means that you're not perfect and um, nobody else is perfect. And Mm -hmm. also it's part of the human experience to have all sorts of different emotions. Now your actions, you can choose those. What Mm -hmm. are you going to do with that information that you're getting from your emotion? Naming exactly what you're feeling um, because Mm -hmm. there's a difference between being frustrated or being angry, being angry at someone, being angry for someone or for something or, you know, being afraid versus um, there's a difference between just being anxious or worried or concerned. So kind of naming what you're feeling and Mm -hmm. why is that? Really recognize exactly what you're feeling. I'm worried about my mom who is back in Bulgaria by herself and she's 70 years old. So higher risk, you know, I'm all the way here. (laughs) I can't really do anything immediately if like... She needs my help. And then turning that into, well, I love her. I care about her. And that's why I also worry about her. And because I love and care for her, I want her to, and then start turning it. I want her to be healthy. I want her to be well, stay, you know, calm and um, still be able to carry on with her um, life. And yeah, mostly stay healthy uh, and well Mm -hmm. so kind of start focusing on again what you know what do you care about what do you want what is important Mm -hmm. to you as soon as you recognize oh having those fears or worries or concerns Mm -hmm. kind of recognize it but then focus on what do you want turning it reframing it okay thank you so basically like changing your perspective on it and Mm -hmm. like and you're saying it's like okay to feel bad emotions but like not to like you know, overthink about them. So, yeah, mm-hmm. thank you. Yeah, yeah that definitely. And helps. like, think about what it is about those negative emotions that, like, what do you want out of it that's making you feel negative or fearful, or and then change perspective on that. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of, you know, negative emotions, um, I know that a lot of our friends have actually broken up or like are going through breakups during this time, which is like obviously like terrible timing because you're stuck inside with all this time to think about 
your boyfriend or, or your ex-boyfriend or your ex-girlfriend and like you know so like what advice would you give to people who are going through the pandemic and just broken up breakups suck anytime <laughs> you <know? laughs> if you're you know, you've broken up, but you weren't living with that person or, you know, you've moved out, then at least um, you're not like facing like constantly. In the, uh, mm-hmm. You're not still stuck living with that person that you've broken up with. This is a also unique experience that either brings the best out of people or brings the worst out of people. Feel the feeling, you know, go through what you're feeling. And that, I mean, it's also very easy to start like nitpicking, nitpicking picking on like what you did wrong what you said you know there's all like different sides like you can be angry at that person and like blame them for everything or blame yourself well there are cases when it's more clear like unhealthy relationships but other than that if it was just you know a relationship that didn't work out we turn to that negativity bias and we can like turn and paint everything like dark tones and flip everything into mm-hmm. some kind of fault or um, mistake or um, shortcoming or flaw recognize that this is your breakup brain or your tired brain or your um, sleepless brain that's kind of coming up with those things and they're not really who you are <laughs> again you can go with the loving kindness meditation or um, even just writing that or saying it to yourself that you know, you're giving yourself permission to be human and, you know, you tried, that didn't work. And how do you want to move on from that? Is there any wisdom that you gained from that relationship? How do you want yourself um, mm-hmm. to be in the future, um, in a future relationship in general? How do you want the other person to be? What person do you want to be in a relationship with? Forgiveness is also, you know, a great way to set yourself free to help yourself move on. You know, I totally agree, especially with like, you know, with like you saying forgiveness, it's not something just necessary for a relationship, but just for you to grow yourself. I think that's like very important. A lot of people think like if they're in a relationship, they'll find happiness. But like first you have to find yourself. Like I know that's cheesy to say, but I think it's important to understand yourself before you even commit to another person so um yeah yeah, thank you for like bringing that in and you know going more into this relationship you know there's the single people like who are uh, during this pandemic like you know they're at home alone a lot of my friends have complained that they they're not with their family either so they're just feeling very lonely versus there are some couples I know and they're complaining that you know I'm with this person like like you know 24 7 and I'm like just struggling and like getting frustrated with them what is your advice on like you know for that you would give to like single people versus also like couples like how would you go about the two different scenarios mm-hmm. I remember so um, I grew up in um, communist Bulgaria a long time ago and um, towards the end of the communist regime before perestroika happened <laughs> in like most of the socialist bloc mm-hmm. there were actually quite years now not, not months, not weeks, uh, but years of um, the economy wasn't doing well. So there were, um, uh, we had coupon systems that, you know, there were um, a limit of how many loaves of bread per household, amount of flour, sugar, or oil, oh. or um, like butter, or something like that, like the basics. 
uh, and you would wait in like super long lines for those. I remember, I think I was nine and I was waiting in one of those um, lines that was more like a crowd of people <laughs> and uh, I passed out. <laughs> oh. it, was, it was in the middle of summer and it was like standing for, oh. you know, super long time. Um, and it wasn't global, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, for us, it was like everyone that you know. And we also had power shortage. So there were like scheduled power outages an hour or two hours in the evening you don't have I mean, during the day, you don't really notice it that much. But then, because um, um, we weren't computers, we weren't, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the evening, we would just like light a candle and, you know, sit or like either talk. So I would be just like watching the candle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I like actually started practicing meditation. <laughs> um, but backstory. You know, calm and and I remember that it's just like a calm, peaceful time. Not you know when you kind of surrender to that experience, you're not mm-hmm. really fighting it or you're not you're not that frustrated. Quite often, power would go off in different cities at different times, and I had uh, one of my best friends lived in a different city. So uh, whenever um, it was my oldest. Um, and even to this day one of my best friends my oldest childhood friend he would call me when the power was out in their city so we would talk on the phone because that was the only thing like phones back then did not rely on um on electricity you know they were just the old yeah analog phones so the battery wouldn't die on it (laughs) and work for hours he would call me we would like talk and talk and talk and then the lights will you know the power would go (laughs) where I am and um I would call him so we ended up with some like (laughs) pretty serious phone bills but (laughs) (laughs) it was time when we actually connected when we built our relationship something like 40 years of friendship so there were times when lived in different countries or I mean even now we're both living in the states but we're like across on like both sides of the country so maybe a year would go and we hadn't talked but then when we talk it's not like oh why haven't you called me or something like that we would just like immediately Mm -hmm. go back to as if it's normal we just pick up where we left off like and right now you have all that technology that allows you to connect and you know even see the person not even not just hear their voice and you can do like group calls and you know have like there's so much that you can do to connect thank you so much for um giving us like you know advice on how to go about that because i know like many people are struggling with that so um yeah Yeah. like really appreciate it we'll jump into the gratitude actually oh yeah so i mean that also appreciation yeah that's a good tool to be able to reframe and um, I mean just focus on be able to focus on the good and positive which is doesn't mean that you're swiping the uh, problems or the issues or but addressing them with recognition of the good things um, so practicing gratitude and for wellness for improving your mood and um, health so keep a small journal and a pen so that you you don't have to play. oh I was just gonna do my gratitude journal but my pen is all the way in you know the other room so keep them on your nightstand or something like that so that they're really easily accessible so that you can actually stick with it be specific as you can it can be something 
something very small as your morning coffee or something that you baked or something that your roommate baked or bigger things. But mm-hmm. just know that you don't have to like scramble and be like, oh, I don't have anything like really big great going on right now so even the smallest things count if it's a person why that day specifically that person what they did what they said that you're grateful for because maybe that person will come up again or not but like trying to be specific is important the other important thing is uh, variety so that's why especially for people who would come up more often like your close friends or family members you need to be more specific why um, you're grateful for them for that day specifically and then the variety part is that's also something that is important so keep coming up with different things maybe once in a while you'll repeat something but Mm -hmm. uh, try to come up with different things I have like I've been practicing for maybe more than uh, yeah for 12 or 13 years maybe um since I actually started yeah I have years I have stacks of journals (laughs) of gratitude journals from different years I've also had breaks from it once you start practicing it more you start uh, you actually start changing neural pathways in your brain so you're starting to think more that way so you're starting to see more Mm. good things more benefits so you're becoming more of a benefit finder versus fault finder and Mm -hmm. we earlier talked about this like you and I talked about this Mm -hmm. and how like you know gratitude is a wellness tool but but there's also some misconceptions that surround gratitude or using it as a wellness tool could you elaborate a little bit on that oh you have to know how to make it more effective the other thing is that if you're clinically severely depressed feeling even more depressed because you can't come up with one thing you're grateful for maybe that's not the time to um, you know start like push yourself force yourself to um, do it don't force it onto people don't like also don't force yourself if it's not really happening right now maybe give it some time and then it's certainly not a replacement for medication or anything like that even though it you know it helps us feel better writing a gratitude letter or expressing your gratitude sending a message to someone that can be also a way to lift them up so thank you for answering all these questions by the way these have been very yeah like even though like these are some things that you and I have talked about because I've reached out to you for things like this um it's really yeah it's very helpful especially that you've gone in depth to really explain the reasoning behind everything and I'm 100% sure that our listeners also will be benefiting from this like this is a requested mm-hmm. topic yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank um, you. we're gonna move on to the fun part of the podcast jump into yeah, it away. <laughs> <laughs> all right so um name one thing that you started doing that you didn't before the pandemic oh eat more baked stuff because my daughter keeps baking it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i saw all of dora's stuff it looks so good um, so I actually also have been cooking more, um, and my mom's been teaching me more like traditional Indian meals. So um, I have been learning that. So yeah. Um, Wait, what about you? Teaching, does she live with you? Yeah, I live with my. I live with my parents. So yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> like I started baking more as well, but I also started watching more television shows. So it's not that I've never watched shows, but I'm not a show person because they're just so long and like usually like I have like I work right so it's like I don't have time and then when I do have time I like go to spin class or like I do other things or like you know do all the things that have been put on the back burner so I don't really watch shows so I've been watching a lot of shows I've watched like the whole 
seven or eight seasons of Gilmore Girls. Like I, I've been doing that, that I didn't do before the pandemic because I'm like, now I have all this extra time. What is your, the, your favorite country that you've traveled to? Well, I loved Singapore. I, so I've actually lived in Germany, but I think that's like one of my favorite um, countries I've like, I guess, been at. Um, I would say Kenya. Okay, so now this is like a huge debate going on. So when you make a bowl of cereal, do you put in cereal and then milk or do you put in milk and then cereal? I feel like I would prepare first the cereal part. Uh And sometimes it's me just putting also other like nuts or seeds or something like that. And then when I'm ready to, because that's the thing, sometimes I'm uh, like, I prepare something to eat, but then by the time I get to actually eat it, <laughs> it mm-hmm. takes time. So um, I would, yeah, I would pour the wet part, the whatever, like almond milk, let's say, mm-hmm. um, afterwards, because I may not eat it immediately. I definitely do that too. I put in like the cereal and then I put in like the milk. Um, what about you, Shoba? I put it, I put it like by default, I obviously do the same thing. I put cereal first and then milk. But if I'm sensing that, like, I don't have much milk left, then I mm-hmm. that's the only time I pour milk first. Because I'm like, oh, I don't have that much milk. So, like, I don't want to okay. add, like, a big bowl of cereal <laughs> and not have that much milk. <laughs> so that's the only time I actually add milk first. I, like, drain my milk. And then, accordingly, <laughs> I put <the> cereal. <laughs> yes. Wow. So strategic. <laughs> yeah. What's a new hobby you would like to try? I'm kind of saving myself for um, dancing. Uh, for when I get oh. older, <laughs> so I'm like, no. I'll pick up like <laughs> something uh. like either <laughs> like some kind of dancing, but like maybe in like twenty or thirty years. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love so that. That's something that I always yeah. have Super for cute. <laughs> um, I would like to take up surfing. I love like being in the water, oh. so I think surfing's gonna be like you know. I don't live by the beach, unfortunately, but still, I think like ideally that. That's what I want to do. I have been for a while. I've been wanting to skateboard. I don't know how to do it. And I don't have a skateboard. I haven't even bought one. Like, I feel like every summer, I always tell myself, okay, this summer, I'm going to buy a skateboard and learn. Because, like, the because the weather is so nice. But mm-hmm. I think skateboarding is one. And maybe learning to play, the, like, the ukulele. What's your favorite song to sing or to dance to in the shower? When we used to have traffic. Um, I would be like I turn up the music and I'm like smiling and dancing in the car and there's like I usually like in the city but it's like the you know the traffic jam in the city so there's like people on the sidewalk like passing by and looking at me and I'm like (laughs) dancing and singing (laughs) inside the car higher love the mm. Kygo and Whitney Houston and uh, Blinding Light. Uh, you guys know the song um, Toxic by Britney Spears? Uh-huh. Yes. It's an old oh one, but I love it. It's my jam. And I'm so extra. Like, I have a whole routine planned out. And then, like, I change the pressure of my water to, like, you, you know, my hip. <laughs> <laughs> it's my absolute favorite. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I would say mine is Dance With You Tonight by Ollie Moore. Mm. All right, guys, if you could have superpowers, what two superpowers would you wish for? Light up the self-love. The love in like every single person. You're so cute. Uh, 
I, I would like to fly uh, also. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so for my superpowers, I would love to be able to fly and to go invisible. Um, my superpower is like if you've watched Avatar: The Last Airbender, like I want to mm-hmm. be able to like play with water, like bend water. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool because like I love like I grew up swimming so and I was on the swim team in high school so like uh, water is like my affinity, and then I think my other my other superpower would probably be to heal people. We're actually now we're gonna end with the quote of the day and our special guests get to do the honor. So please go ahead and read the quote of the day. I um, decided to go with something um, that I tell people through deep love is something that no one can give to you, mm-hmm. but it's also something that no one can take away from you because it's who you are. And you can always reconnect with yourself. All right. On that note, we're going to end here. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast and talking to us and sharing all this enlightening, all these enlightening moments and enlightening, enlightening us in general. So we really appreciate it. Um, Guys, please feel free to follow um, Boriana on Instagram and Facebook. Um, Her, her Instagram um, handle is Zanevel, which is Z-A-N-E-V-A. She has lots of, um igtv videos um elaborating on the the stuff that we talked about today such as the loving kindness meditation and much more you can also follow her on youtube as boriana zaniva and she also has a website zaniva.com so feel free to follow her us on spotify and insta at underscore keep it spicy um and comment on our posts and tell us if you'd like to see some other content and what topics you guys are interested in um all right thank you guys and remember guys on that note keep it spicy yours truly xx